What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is, my friends. Indeed it is. Hello. Live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is Monday, February the 6th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 795 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, are going to be joining me at the end of the second hour today. And man, do we have you a jam-packed show today. Joining me in less than 20 minutes is our regular Monday guest, He's appeared on this show more than any other person not named Brian, John, or Jonathan. It's our NASCAR, NHL, Carolina Hurricanes, and PBR expert Paul Whittington. The Bush Clash at the Coliseum kicked off the 2023 NASCAR season yesterday. It's a non-points race, but a lot of fun. Got to watch a lot of it last night. Really excited about talking to Paul about that. Like I said, that's coming up in uh, about 20 minutes or so. Uh, we're going to get caught up on the hurricanes. Uh, like I said, the NASCAR series, which I got to tell you, like I said, I can't wait to uh, get his opinion on the Bush clash last night. We're going to have a lot of fun with him now, midway through this first hour and joining Paul and I on the Spence automotive guest line is going to be the new, wait a minute and old head coach of the Aiden Grifton varsity football uh, team. It's a great Paul Cornwell. That's right. He is back. We announced that last week. Uh, I guess it came out Thursday, just innocuously. Uh, came out on Facebook on the Aiden Grifton page. Nobody had that. I got to tell you. And listen, I'm not denigrating anybody here. You talk about a surprise. It was a surprise. I mean, I had no idea he was coming back. And I'm just, this world, I told him when he resigned or when he retired. Uh, and yes, I'm doing air quotes when I say retired from uh, football. What, a couple of years ago, I told him, man, this world is a better place with Paul Cornwell on a sideline. And by golly, he's coming back to Aiden Grifton. And I'm just, I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get out there for practice. I just, I, I can't wait to see Paul Cornwell back on the sideline. It's one of those cases where you thought, you know, it's over. And in my mind, I was, I was good with it and all that. But now that he's back, it's almost like having George Whitfield back. And no, I'm not saying Paul Cornwell is as old as George Whitfield, who, by the way, will be a guest on this show later on this week. We'll get to that in a moment, but, uh, man, just excited to have Paul Cornwell back. He's going to join us just for a few minutes. I mean, I begged him to come on this morning, uh, just so we could, uh, just hear his reasons for coming back, but he'll be joining Paul and I, Paul Whittington and I on our Spence Automotive guest line. That's going to be about 30 minutes into this first hour. So there you go. Paul Whittington, Paul Cornwell here in our first hour, but wait, there's more. That's just our first hour live here in our plush. Well, at studio on Whitehall drive, we're going to be joined by two first timers to the show It's going to be the reigning miss noose. Gabby Smith and then the director of the event, uh, Diane Howard. They're going to be joining me right here live. And uh, I got to tell you, got to thank uh, Clay Rains uh, for uh, setting this up because uh, I am, uh, I'm, as you've, if you've noticed, uh, <laughs> I've been sponsoring a lot of stuff lately. Uh, and, I, and I'm doing a sponsorship of... Uh, of uh, the Miss News uh, event, which is going to be Saturday, February the 25th. They're going to give us all the details about it, and then we'll play the birthday game. Before you know it, the show will be over again. So how about that? Two Pauls in our first hour, Paul Whittington, Paul Cornwell, and then in our second hour, Gabby Smith, the reigning Miss News, and then the director of uh, the Miss News event, uh, Diane Howard. So uh, very exciting. Again, thank you, Clay Rains, for uh, setting that up for me and uh, getting these great guests in here. So 
Let's go ahead and just jump right into this bad boy with this week and today's show with both feet. Hey, I told you about today's guest, man. I'm telling you, we're booked all the way out through the rest of this week. It is incredible. Uh, like I said, those four guests that we have for you today, uh, and then tomorrow, Richard Clark and man, with all the news that's happened in the NBA over the weekend. And I guess the biggest news and it affects one of our players, one of our teams, uh, Kyrie Irving joining the, uh, going from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. Cannot wait to talk to Rich about that. And then tomorrow we'll, uh, also have Tuesdays with Trez with Don Trez Styles and Jacques Passeleg. He'll be joining us live here in studio. He'll be helping me uh, interview Trez, and then we'll do the whole the the rest of the second hour. We are going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. Uh, and I got to tell you too. Speaking of Tuesdays with Trez, I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Uh, I know you're familiar with the Cameron Crazies. I mean, anybody that's not even a a basketball fan, diehard basketball fan, knows who the Cameron Crazies are. But uh, they have this little thing. You know, they do their little organized uh, cheers and everything. And I remember. Before I ever did a game at Cameron, uh, God, 25 years ago, 26 years ago, I always thought, man, it's how do they do that? It's so original. Well, it's not really. They have a thing called a cheer sheet that they pass out to all the crazies as they come in. And uh, how about this? Tuesdays with Trez and uh, the Brian Hanks show made their cheer sheet uh, because their little nugget, their little note for Trez was that uh, Don Trez Styles from Kinston, North Carolina, host a uh, a, a uh, radio show called Tuesdays with Trez. Now, they were very mean about it. They said it wasn't very good, which is just mean and not true altogether. But uh, I just thought that was kind of cool. Uh, Got to thank R.L. Bynum, former uh, Kinston Free Press sports editor, and now he runs the Tar Heel Tribune for uh, getting that out there on uh, on social media. So, yeah. Tuesdays with Trez, the Cameron Crazies know about it. They'll be listening tomorrow. You should listen too, but we'll have Tuesdays with Trez with Don Trez in our second hour. Jacques Passelec also in our second hour too. That's tomorrow. Wednesday, we're going to have uh, Junius on, Junius Smith III from ENC Moments, and then the great George Whitfield uh, making his 10th appearance here on the show in our uh, almost 800 shows. Uh, very excited. I just always honored to have him on. He is, uh, I don't have to tell you guys, one of the true legends in our neck of the woods. Then Thursday, Shane Albee in our first hour. And then Corey Povar from the Kenson Lenore County uh, Parks and Recreation Department. He'll be joining us on our second hour. And then on Friday, Mark Panicelli in our first hour. And uh, we don't have our second hour guest yet, but I'm holding that spot for Phil Ford, who allegedly, allegedly uh, has now told me three times he's going to come on the show. And, you know, he's so special that I I, I keep holding that spot for him. So, uh, or I keep holding a spot for him. We'll see if he actually comes on. But he is uh, scheduled, scheduled to join us. Also on Wednesday show, too, we're going to try to get uh, – uh, Gary Smith on from LCC. It's their first game of the season. The first regular season game that counts is going to be Wednesday at one thirty at LCC. So we're going to try to get him on with us and, uh, George Whitfield. Uh, so there you go. How about that? We've got you a week of guests already squared away. Let me thank Lenore community college, uh, for almost 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in uh, campuses. I promise I can say that word in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trend to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you to Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hank Show, as they have been pretty much since the jump. We really do appreciate them. And uh, again, uh, let, let's go ahead and give you the LCC Sports Update since we just did that read there. Uh, the Lancers, how about the man, Ricky Whaley? Thank you, Ricky for uh, updating me uh, Friday night. <clears throat> I was at the Kinston Games Friday night, as you know, uh, doing the PA for them for senior night. It's very, very, very special senior night. Uh, but, man, uh, it came across my phone, I don't know, about 9 o'clock or so. Ricky Whaley was just giddy. 
Uh, LCC, they snapped their seven-game losing streak Friday. They beat Patrick and Henry 83-80. to Congratulations to Chris Brown and the Lancers. Uh, Jarius Williams had 28 points, and Caleb Hyman had 27. So they had 55 of uh, LCC's 83 points in that win. But congratulations to them as they beat Patrick and Henry uh, Friday night. Now, they did lose Saturday and a close one at Guilford Tech, 86-80. to They got 19 points from uh, Caleb Hyman and 18 from Williams. But uh, they're now 3-20 and overall. They're off until Thursday, February 16th, so a week from Thursday. They'll be uh, in Virginia taking on uh, Patrick and Henry. But, uh, man, congratulations to them. Congratulations to you, Ricky Whaley. I know you had to be uh, excited being on the call for that game, too. So uh, congratulations to the Lancers. And as we said, baseball season is here, guys. The Lancers baseball team begins its 2023 campaign Wednesday, this Wednesday at home versus Lewisburg at 130. I'm going to do my best to be out there for that. Uh, I can't wait, man. Can't wait. I think this is going to be a – I'm calling it now. I'm speaking it into existence. It's going to be a very special season for the Lancers. I, I, I'm i uh, I'm sniffing a uh, World Series appearance this year in Gary Smith's third season. I'm putting that pressure on him. I know he's probably, if he's listening right now, he's like, come on, Hanks. But I'm telling you, I have a lot of confidence. This is a good, good team. And uh, like I said, looking forward to talking to him later on this week. But uh, they have a scrimmage scheduled in Raleigh uh, versus William Peace University tomorrow at 4 but then they play at home, uh, or like I said, they play at home versus Lewisburg uh, Wednesday at 1.30. And then this Saturday, they have a doubleheader against Richard Bland beginning at noon. And then they play a nine-inning game at Richard Bland on Sunday. So, man, they are jumping right into it. Uh, a scrimmage tomorrow, a real game on Wednesday at home, three games this weekend. So before this week is out, they will have already played four games. And, uh, again, Let's get out there and let's support the uh, Lancers uh, this season. You guys, I don't have to tell you guys. You guys do a great job of it. So I'm pretty excited again to uh, get out there and support uh, support our Lancers. Okay, uh, let's jump into hometown heroes. And, uh, man, what a busy weekend for uh, the Pelicans and for the Mavericks. Let's start with the Pelicans, though, since uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the Dallas Mavericks here in a moment. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, remember when they had lost 10 straight games? Well, that is way over. They won uh, Friday night, sorry, Saturday night, 131 to 126. It was a nationally televised game against the, uh, against the Lakers. And uh, that, uh, listen, he, uh, Brandon was amazing. I'm sorry, that wasn't nationally televised on uh, Saturday. But anyway, they won. He had 35 points, five rebounds, four assists, Brandon did, in 32 minutes. So congratulations to the Pelicans, like I said, snapping that uh, 10-game losing streak. And then they won last night, uh, 136-104 to against Sacramento. But he didn't play in that game last night, and I can understand. They're, they're trying to – he's coming back from an injury, and again – it had a great, great game Saturday night. 35 points, five rebounds, four assists. And they're now 28 and 27 overall, and they are in ninth place in the Western Conference. Only a half game behind Reggie Bullock and the Dallas Mavericks. They're in sixth place, man. The Western Conference is just crazy. Um, they lost at Golden State on Saturday. That was a nationally televised game. Reggie came off the bench. He had five points, six rebounds, three assists, and two steals in 35 minutes. And uh, I can't wait to talk to Richard Clark about this tomorrow on his regular appearance because uh, Kyrie Irving, now with the Dallas Mavericks, a big trade uh, so far, probably the biggest trade of this season so far as he is now a Dallas Maverick. Uh, they play tonight at 9. I don't know if uh, Kyrie will be suited up for that, but we'll see. Uh, that game is tonight at 9. Then they're at the Clippers Wednesday at 10. That's on ESPN and then the Mavericks play at Sacramento Friday and Saturday, both those games at 10 o'clock, too. So uh, a busy, busy. And then they turn around and play on Monday. So counting tonight in an eight-day period, they're going to play five games in eight days. Crazy, crazy. You know what I mean, if you want to get Kyrie Irving uh, uh, indoctrinated into the team, that's the best way to do it is a, a week like this where he's uh, hopefully he'll come in tonight. I really think, I don't know. I, I'm trying to decide. Rich and I were messaging when all this news was breaking. Uh, I guess Saturday when the trade went down, maybe it was yesterday. This was a, a crazy weekend, but anyway, whenever it went down and I don't think he likes to trade that much for Dallas, at least. I mean, 
we all know what a knucklehead uh, Kyrie is anyway, but let's see what uh, – but he's one of the best players in the NBA, there's no doubt. Here is my question. I'll ask uh, Richard this tomorrow. He was voted an all-star for the Eastern Conference, uh, Kyrie was. Well, now he plays for a Western Conference team in Dallas. What does that mean? Is he still going to play in the all-star game but on the Western Conference team, or will he play – and the uh, all-star game as an Eastern Conference player. I, I, I don't know how that's going to work out, and I can't wait to see what uh, Rich has to say about that. But we'll find out more about that tomorrow. But, uh, again, uh, Reggie and the Mavericks are in sixth place for 28 and 26 and a busy, busy week for them uh, as they will play five games in eight days. Uh, hometown Heroes could continued here don trez styles in carolina they lost at duke saturday trez didn't play uh but uh congratulations to uh, all my dookie friends i mean scott whittington and jason bryant and everybody that was pulling for uh duke in the game had a little had a little get together over here at the house with uh with uh jason and his son and Keith spence came over uh scott was here too and uh i I would say, I was about to say it was a pretty good game. It was a close game. It was not a good game. That was a very, very ugly game. And to me, the funniest part of the whole thing was that uh, <laughs> Hubert was complaining about free throws uh, when, yes, Duke took a lot more free throws than uh, Carolina did. But I just, I found that quite humorous, as I'm sure my good friend uh, Greg Clemens did too, especially when uh, Carolina had like over a four game period, something like 126 to 37 free throws or something crazy like that. Please don't quote me on that because it wasn't exactly that. But, uh, but for uh, Hubert to uh, complain about that, and I'm telling you, he's getting a lot of heat right now, Hubert is. And I'll say again, well, I've said this several times, and I'm not the only one who said this. They don't make that final four run last year. I think Hubert's on the hot seat, and he may very well be on it anyway. They're right now, uh, the Tar Heels are 15 and 8 overall. That is not a good record. Not for a Carolina team. 15 and 8 overall, 7 and 5 in the ACC, uh, and uh, clearly behind Duke now. Uh, and listen, uh, Trez and uh, Carolina, they play at Wake Forest tomorrow at 7. That game will be on ESPN. And then they play at home versus number 20 Clemson saturday and uh that that could be a bad game for the tar hills too uh, they've got to tell you what they better get it turned around here because uh, again they've got a, a pretty tough schedule how about isaac parson and jeremy dixon of winston-salem state who is now after winning at st augs in uh, raleigh on saturday 72 to 70 and another overtime game i need to look this up that's got to be four or five overtime games that uh, winston-salem state has had so far but they're now 16 and 5 overall they're 8 and 4 in the ciaa southern division and uh, isaac started the game Played 38 minutes. He only had three points, but, man, three rebounds, six assists, one uh, uh, one steal, and one block. I mean, just what a great – talk about filling up a stat sheet. Isaac Parson did it uh, Saturday at St. Augs. And how about this? Jeremy, after not playing the game before, he came off the bench. He had more points than Isaac. How about that? Five points and a rebound in seven minutes. Uh, but congratulations to Winston-Salem State. They are home – versus Claflin. That's a, a college or a university from Orangeburg, South Carolina. They play that game Thursday at 8 p.m. at home. Now, that's the last loss. They've won six of the last seven games, and their last loss was against Claflin. So I think that's going to be a point of emphasis game for uh, for Winston-Salem State on uh, Saturday. Or I'm sorry, on Thursday. And then at Fayetteville State Saturday at 4, and I cannot wait. My, uh, my boo, Linda, and then a good friend of ours, a Judge Annette Torek, We've already got our tickets. We're going to be there uh, Saturday in uh, Fayetteville for that game against uh, Junius Smith University, Fayetteville State. Can't wait for uh, that game. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Damian Dunn and Temple. <sighs> Remember, they beat Houston, number one Houston earlier this season in Houston. However, they played them yesterday at home in Philadelphia. They lost that game 81-65. to Damian came off the bench again. I don't know why they're not starting him. It's the silliest thing I've ever seen. Uh, uh, I got I to – sorry, I got a text message there, and I'm a one-track mind, and it threw me off. Paul, I'm going to go ahead and call you right now here in a minute. Uh, but, uh, bu- 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 Damon came off the bench yesterday against Houston. He had nine points, two rebounds, four assists, and two steals in 33 minutes. They are home 
or I'm sorry, they are at SMU on Wednesday at 8 o'clock, and then their, sun, their home Super Bowl Sunday at noon. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a that's a little of that. They're on the road both games this week, Wednesday at 8 at SMU, and then Sunday at noon at Memphis, and that game's going to be on ESPN too, so that'll be good. Ashante Lynch and Maryland Eastern Shore, they're off until Saturday versus Norfolk State. Amaji Dodd and Charleston Southern, they lost at High Point University yesterday, 80, or Saturday, 81-73. to Amaji came off the bench. He finished with two points and one rebound in nine minutes. They are at uh, the Buccaneers are at South Carolina Upstate Wednesday at seven, and then they are home versus Radford Saturday at five thirty. Uh, that's all our local players. How about our uh, coaches, Dory Hines and UMO? They lost at home versus King uh, University Saturday, eighty-one to seventy-eight. They've got a chance to uh, bounce back though. They are eight and fifteen overall, six and nine. In the in Conference Carolinas, they're at Chowan Wednesday at 7.30. Then they're home versus Lees McRae Saturday at 4. Then Jerry House and uh, Jerry House. Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, they snapped a three-game losing streak by winning at home versus Ole Miss on Saturday, 74-71. to They're home versus the number two-ranked Tennessee Volunteers Wednesday at 7. Then they're at Florida Saturday at 3.30. There's your hometown hero update. How about our games for Friday? Uh, I'll just, I need to get uh, Paul Whittington up here on the line, so we'll just bounce through these real quick. Kinston swept Wallace Rose Hill on Friday. Uh, and uh, then today's games, we've got Parrott at John Paul II. Liberty Christian is at Bethel uh, tomorrow night. Man, a big game down in, a uh, big set of games down in deep run as North Lenore will visit South Lenore. And then how about Green Central at Farmville Central? Those are tomorrow's games. Then Thursday, Kinston is at North Lenore. Bethel hosts Wilson Christian. And uh, that will wrap up the East Central 2A as they will go into their tournament next week. And I'll tell you what, tomorrow I'll do a better job of uh, getting you the standings and everything in the East Central 2A and getting you set up for the East Central 2A tournament, which will be next week. Uh, the first-round games, or I guess you can call them the uh, quarterfinal games, they will be at the higher seeds. But uh, the semifinals and the finals at Kenston High School next Wednesday and Thursday, I will be on the mic for those games for you for sure. i tell you what, before we get Paul up here on the line with us, why don't we give a big thank you to our friends over at Spence Automotive, Keith Spence and Spence Automotive. Spence Automotive is where I get my car service. It's where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone, Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots. Spence Automotive is owned by local sports writing legend Keith Spence and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car service or when you need new tires and tell him the Brian Hanks Show sent you. Let me tell you something. My good friend Paul Whittington, he loves uh, Spence Automotive so much, he drives all the way from Garner to get his car service, everything to get his car serviced at, uh, uh, what, your inspection, everything. Isn't that right, Paul Whittington? Yeah, I just wish he'd give me that Brian Hink show discount. That's the only, that's like my only complaint. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, Every, okay. you, if you, t- if you tell him Brian sent you, there's actually a surcharge. You pay like an additional fee. <laughs> and I just don't think it's fair. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, don't mention you heard it on, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that would be sad, wouldn't it? Hey, man, what a fun night last night. I got to tell you, we, we've talked about it a couple of times leading up to uh, last night's Bush Clash at the Coliseum. And it's just, it's fun to watch. It reminds me of the old, you know, of going to the Elkin Speedway, of going to Bowman Gray Speedway in Winston-Salem back in the day when uh, you would have these little quarter mile. And I think if I remember, dude, Elkins uh, track is a fifth of a mile. So imagine you think a quarter of a mile is a short track. Try, I think it's, it's a fifth of a mile. I know it's shorter than a quarter mile, but just watching those big old cars uh, rolling around the LA Coliseum yesterday, watching, uh, they had so many just, uh, they went overboard, I think NASCAR did, with uh, all the uh, drone shots of the stadium. And how many times, if I set the over-under at how many times they showed the front of uh, the L.A. Coliseum, you know, with the flame and all that, <laughs> if I said eight and a half, it would definitely be over, wouldn't it? Well, it would definitely be the over. They, 
They, I mean, that's that's the most iconic part of the venue. Yeah. Uh, you you could you could just show that. Just put a camera up there and watch them go around in circles, and I'm sure they would have loved that too. But, but it was a it's such a fun night fun night last night it was it was so much fun and you know what one of the good guys were in my opinion i'm gonna get yours here in a moment but one of the veterans one of the good guys one of the he's been around as long i guess he and danny and who else i mean the the big you know that have, have been around the sport and are still active i mean truly active i'm not talking about jimmy johnson who stepped away for a few, few years and is coming back for a, a limited schedule but i'm talking about you know everyday racers martin truex well i'm so happy for him your thoughts yeah, um, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, all those guys have are, are certainly uh, the last of a dying breed in in terms of these just generational talents that that we've been blessed with for what the last twenty years or so. Um, it was it was great to see Martin Truex Jr. get, get a win yesterday. Uh, very deserving. Had the best car all weekend long. And that goes back to the practice and the qualifying sessions that we saw on Saturday. Which, uh, which I was, I was just giddy as a schoolgirl to see <laughs> racing in in any capacity, even in just practice happening on Saturday, and it was competitive. We actually had uh, a little bit of drama on Saturday in the practice session when uh, AJ Allmendinger got bumped uh, one too many times by Chase Briscoe, so AJ lets him go on around, and then Briscoe puts him, or and then uh, Allmendinger puts him in the wall there a couple of laps later in practice. Uh, you just have. <laughs> have some some tempers flaring but uh all in all I, I thought last night was such a fun night i thought the racing was really good until about the time that Wiz khalifa finished his <laughs> halftime set and we went back racing that's when things kind of went off the rails and i'm not you know i'm not talking about Wiz khalifa at all i'm just talking about the fact that it was the last 75 laps and everybody was starting to get impatient it really showed especially in the first about 20 laps of that final segment. Well, I'll tell you, and they did it again. You and I talked about it last week leading into it. And there's a thing called just trying too hard, you know, and, and I love what NASCAR is doing. Listen, you and I are going to be in North Wilkesboro. You got to give me the countdown for that here in a little bit, but dude, I just, come on, man. You don't need NASCAR's demographic, and I love Wiz Khalifa. Don't get it twisted. I mean, yeah. and I, you know, I love the rap game, but it makes me cringe. It makes me cringe. And then when they pan and they show you, you know, the the the, the white people dancing in the crowd, and they're not really dancing. They're maybe moving their shoulders a little bit, dude. It's so cringy. So so cringy, dude. Yeah, but I I, I hear you, and it's not it's not my cup of tea at all. Um, but you're appealing to a different demographic. You're trying to get people that have never watched NASCAR that live out there in Los Angeles to, to come. They may, you know, it, even if they're coming just to, just to hear Wiz Khalifa play it at, at the halftime of, of the race, that's fine. Just get them in the gate. Um, but, you know, one thing they did that I thought was really cool that they didn't do last year um, was they actually offered basically student tickets to, to everybody over at USC. So everybody at USC was able to get a student ticket to come to the race yesterday for free. Um, and they sat near the bottom of, of one of the turns. I don't, I don't remember which turn it was. Maybe maybe the one where they did the medal ceremony kind of underneath that iconic arch was maybe where they put them. They were near the band, where, wherever they sat. Um, I thought I thought it was great that they were able to do that. You know, you get a free ticket for a football game here. Why not get a free ticket for a race? I thought that was really cool. Um, one thing that I didn't love, and I just lost my train of thought. It'll come. It'll come back to me. But um, yeah, I, I, I not my cup of tea. The all the all the performances, but you're, you're just appealing to a different demographic. I guess. Well, you're and on the line with us right now, Paul Whittington joining us here in about a minute and a half or so. We're going to have uh, Paul Cornwell coming on from uh, Aiden Grifton. Uh, we'll, we'll have him. It's it's the Paul hour today on the Brian Hank show, dude. <laughs> But, uh, I love it. The best hour, the best hour. Yes. Uh, on, in your 101st appearance here on the show, dude, mm, gotta, gotta straighten the tie a little bit, pull it tight. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, but, uh, dude, it was weird. And as someone who now bear in mind, it had to be even weirder for you to see Kyle Bush in a Chevy to start with. And then the number eight Chevy 
And uh, he got a little fired up there at the end. Or I, he wasn't real happy with uh, some contact with Joey Logano, was he? No, not at all. And uh, I can promise you he's already saved it in the memory bank, even commented <laughs> after the race yesterday that uh, he, he, in reference to Joey Logano, he said, I owe him a few. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's coming. I, I thought Joey, you know, Joey at the end of the race there trying to, trying to get position and just, I don't know if he missed the corner, or if he was just driving it, driving in real deep. And he actually went through a car to get to the back bumper of Kyle Busch. Um, I, I don't think it was intent, but certainly didn't help Kyle Busch's chances of winning. What I thought was the most impressive about all that was Kyle Busch spins. He gets basically put to the tail end of the lead lap and he manages to still drive through the field, which was incredible considering yeah, yeah. the dynamic of this racetrack. And he did a lot of that passing on the outside, which was not the preferred lane at all. So I thought it was great. He was able to get a, a third place finish out of it, get a podium finish, if you will, since we gave away medals last night, uh, which I thought was a really cool ceremony. I hate that Fox cut away just as they were getting ready to put the gold medal on Martin Truex Jr., we got to see him award the bronze and then the silver. I didn't get to see him award the gold, but that's okay. Um, but but a great night for RCR. I thought they they had a had an excellent run. Austin Dillon was fast all weekend, and and Kyle Busch looked like he was he was having fun again, and and that's good to see as well. It definitely is. Tell you what, uh, hold on there. We are going to uh, hear from uh, John real quick here with one of our sponsors. We're going to get Paul Cornwell and uh, Paul Weddington up here on the line with us. So just stand by for that. Preparation, persistence, sense of purpose. Qualities that lead to victories on the field of play and qualities that create winners in the classrooms of Lenore County Public Schools. We pursue excellence. In 14 different varsity sports and scores of academic and technical programs, we rise to the test. We are Team LCPS. John Dawson, let me tell you about Downey's Protection Systems. Preach it, brother. There you go. Downey's Protection Systems of Kinston. They've been servicing Eastern North Carolina for more than 30 years. I got to tell you, John, I judge a house or a home here in Kenston or Lenore County if I don't see that little depth sign in the front yard of their house. You break in. <laughs> that's, that's it exactly. Listen, Depths specializes in residential and commercial installation and service of security systems, fire alarm systems, camera systems, and access control. For more information for a consultation, please visit depthsnet.com. That's D E P S net. Dot com and this is the truth you tell them john dawson that's right before i even turned on the power at my house what was the first call i made depths that's it i called <laughs> down protection system so if you want your house protected as well as mine is protected call tom vermilion and the folks over at down east protection systems and uh joining us on our spence automotive guest on let me make sure i got this all squared away we have got uh new Aiden, where is he new? Is he old? It's uh, Paul Cornwell joining us from Aiden Grifton High School. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Brian. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, I'm just going to go ahead and let me make sure. Paul Whittington, are you still there? I am still here. That is awesome. Okay, well, it's the Paul and Paul show this morning, Coach Cornwell. <laughs> okay, good. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. We, Listen. We, we finally have him outnumbered, Paul. Right yeah, that doesn't yeah, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> Listen, we're only going to have you just here for a couple of minutes, Coach Cornwell, but had to get you on. You came on with us when you announced your uh, retirement and that you were you were going to become an administrator and became an AP assistant principal over Farmville Central. I guess my first question for you, uh, Coach Cornwell, is you missed it, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that once you're a coach, it's in your blood. You're always a coach. And, um, you know, you, uh, you you get out and you do some different things. And nothing wrong with being an administrator. It was okay, but it was just a different experience. Um, and the opportunity came up, and, uh, you know, with my family. And we were, you know, my family was certainly supportive of that. And, uh, so uh, it was a good time to make another move. Well, I got to tell you, you talk about things that you know, that shock you. I just, you know, you've seen coaches through the years who will, you know, move on and go into administration or whatever. I, I will say what I said in my monologue earlier, Coach Cornwell. This world is a much better place with Paul Cornwell on a sideline, mentoring young men uh, on the football field or young people on the football field. 
And I just I, I can't wait. I ain't gonna. I want to go out to practice when you start practicing again and seeing you back out there. What did you miss the most about it, Coach? Because I mean, I know there are several aspects that you had to miss, but what was the part that you missed the most about coaching young people? Well, you know, I think the process of uh, of working with them and every day and seeing them uh, grow not only as players but as people and. Um, you know, you, you get some of that as an admin, but it's not really the same thing. Um, so uh, I really kind of miss – I miss practice. Uh, you know, that was – practice one of my favorite parts of coaching. I, you know, I, I enjoy the process uh, of development, and um, the games are fun. The games are the fun part of it. Um, but uh, I, miss, I miss practice. I miss being around the guys. I miss having – I miss my staff, the guys that I work with every day, the relationships we build. So, you know, combinations of things, but I think that's probably the biggest. Coach, uh, you, you mentioned last week when, when this announcement came out in a, in a statement that you were actually helping the athletic director, Corey Skinner, over there in Griffin search for a new head coach. At what, what was that process like, and at what point in that process did, did you all realize that, that you were the right guy? Well, uh, you know, a little bit into it, you know, we started discussing applicants and things like that and, uh, uh, you know, and just things that we were they were looking for and I knew things that were good fits with the school and there were a lot of great applicants, um, you know, and I just, uh, it was really, you know, he and I just have a great relationship, we've known each other for a long time and the more I thought about it, I just kind of, I talked to my wife and I said, you know, um, this might be a good opportunity. I mean, I really miss it. Um, and she knew that and had encouraged me to, and so I called him one day and I said, look, you know, I said, I don't know if this is something that anybody really wants to do. I don't know if we want to go in a different direction. I said, but if there's some things that we can sort out, you know, teaching wise and things like that, I said, I'd be, I'd be interested in coming back. So uh, he was excited about that, and I think other people uh, were in, in the administration there at Aiden Griffin, and so certainly I was. So I thought it all kind of came together. Talent is cyclical. We know that, Coach. You know that. I know that. But the streak that you had at Aiden Griffin uh, when you retired – uh, was amazing. What, 18 straight seasons of uh, making the state playoffs, and no one in this area, and I can tell you in the Kinston, Lenore County, Greene County, Jones County, your portion of Pitt County area has ever done that. But, again, like I said, talent is cyclical. A couple of down years for uh, the Chargers. What do you need to do? What What are you going to do to get that team back to the where it was when you were the head coach, sir? Well, I think the first thing we've got to do is um, – We've kind of got to – well, one, we've got to build our numbers back up. I think being a, a 2A, uh, when you're – you know, you can't if you can't consistently uh, be successful if you're dressing 25 guys and everybody else is dressing 40 and 50. So that's that's the first thing. I think we've got to kind of rebuild some of the numbers. And, um, you know, last year I don't think they – you know, they did not have a bad team. I think they had a lot of injuries, a lot of things that kind of went against them. But, um, you know, it was just kind of a snowball of things. But, uh, you know, there's certainly some talent there. Uh, we just got to get more of those kids out on the field um, and, and then kind of reestablish the standard and expectation. You know, when you go through a period – you know, one of the things that I felt like we had built was an expectation of, of being successful and not just being successful in the field, but being successful in, in all facets, in the classroom and in the community and all those things. And I think when you go through a stretch where you haven't been as successful, uh, you lose a little bit of that and, and the standard takes a hit. So I think we kind of have to reestablish those things um, and, you know, just, just start by – you know, working on being good people and working on getting back into the community and doing some things for spring. And uh, I'm going to meet with the guys today. I've been out of town. So those are the things we're going to talk about. I'm not going to talk a lot about football. I'm going to talk about some of the things we need to do, um, you know, in the classroom hallways and in the community that are going to kind of get us uh, in back in line with the standard that we had held for a long time. And then we'll worry about football when um, – spring workouts kind of come around and 
uh, we'll start sorting those things out. Well, Coach, Coach, you just kind of answered my question. You mentioned you were going to meet with the team today. I was going to ask, how quickly does this start for you? How quickly do you snap back into coaching football mode? But but I guess once once you're able to, to start meeting with these kids and you're able to, to actually start running through spring workouts and stuff, what's step number one to get Aiden, Aiden Griffin football back on track? Well, you know, once we, uh, you know, I've got to meet with the staff as well. Most of the guys that are on staff have either have coached with me at some time or another. Um, so uh, sorting that out, um, you know, and I've never been a micromanager. You know, I, I think one of the strengths that we've always had, and I think the reason why I had coaches stay with me so long was because I allowed them to coach. And, um, I want to hear what they have, the kind of ideas they have and things that they would like to do. And, you know, they've been in the building. Uh, there's four guys there that have been in the building um, the whole time, and they were with me before. And um, so, you know, we need to sort out where we are, get to know the – I need to get another roster. I've never coached any of these kids. Um, I know a lot of them. Uh, I'm from Aiden. I know a lot of their families. I've known a lot of them since they were little boys. I mean, so, uh, but I haven't had the chance to be on the field and coach them. So, um, yeah, I think once we get to the field in the spring, the weight room obviously is a is a big part of any program. I think we, um, you know, we've got to establish the one thing we have to establish. Uh, one thing is that it's not about being the strongest guy in the room. It's about being the strongest guy on the field. And sometimes guys they get wrapped up and I'm stronger than the guy that's in my class or I'm lifting with every day, but we're not playing against that guy, you know? So the, 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 you got to get to that point where, you know, we're pushing to be the strongest team on the field or the best team on the field. And so, um, those are some mindsets we have to get together. Um, you know, before we can, before we can move into the summer and then into the fall. That voice you're listening to is Paul Cornwell. That's right. Paul Cornwell, the head football coach at Aiden Grifton High School. Coach, I can't begin to tell you uh, how awesome it is to say that again. But uh, I can tell you when the news broke, when Aiden Grifton put it out there uh, that you were coming back, it was like a, a hurricane here in uh, Kenston and Lenore County, Coach. I mean, my phone lit up. I mean, I bet I got text messages. I got text messages from two of the three coaching staffs here in Lenore County, and that's all anybody could talk about and everybody and to a person everybody is glad that you're back coach what has been the reaction uh, that you i know you were out of town last week but when this broke and even over the weekend what's the reaction been like to you from your from your friends in the coaching fraternity sir well it's it's been very positive i mean i know a lot of people i've been in the game for a long time and i think a lot of people were were you know were excited uh, for me, you know, I think all coaches know that that's a tough transition when you get out. Um, and I think they knew that, you know, they, I think because I've stayed in contact with a lot of those guys, they call me about different things. So and they knew it's still in my blood and, and uh, you never say never. So, um, uh, yeah, that's uh, – I didn't know if I would ever get back into it. I didn't know if it would be back at Aiden Griffin or maybe somewhere else or, or – or not at all. So uh, the uh, I learned a lot as an administrator. I think that's going to help me be a better coach and a better uh, teacher. Um, so uh, you know the people at Farmville have been very, very good to me. I've had a chance to work with Larry Williford, one of the best basketball coaches in the state, and maybe beyond that, uh, and see how he works every day and with his guys there, one of the best basketball programs. So uh, you know a lot of benefits to that. Well, I'll, I'll leave you with this. And like I said, thank you so much for joining us this morning. But I know there were some fans of North and North. I had a couple of fans of North and North were like, hey, we've had a coaching vacancy here uh, since the end of the football season. If they'd have known that Paul Cornwell was available, they <laughs> was out there. They wish they'd made a run at you, Coach. Well, I've had some calls over the last couple of years in different places. Uh, you know, but my girls are students at Aiden Griffin now. That's right. That's right. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's a big part of it, too. Uh, they're home. That's where they wanted to go. They're in the ninth grade. They're playing volleyball. Um, you know, they're very excited. 
uh, I, I, at least at this point, they're really excited about having dad at school. I don't know if they will, um, you know, moving forward, but we'll see. But uh, I will be finishing out the school year at Farmville. Uh, I will be going over to Aiden Griffin in the afternoons uh, and doing things there. But uh, I, I'll be finishing out the, the school year at Farmville. We, we've got a lot of great things going on at Farmville this semester. Uh, we've had a good start. Um, we're able. We're doing some things we haven't been able to do since COVID. So, um, you know, it, it's exciting there as well. So we're looking looking forward to finishing the school year strong there. Uh, and then rolling in full time in June, um, uh, with, uh, you know, with getting started with, um, you know, with, with all our summer workouts and camps and things like that. Well, coach, like I said, just, I can tell you, I mean, I know you're in your bubble there in Pitt County, but I can tell you to a person here in Lenore County in Kenson, Lenore County, South of the river, North of the river everybody's excited about having Paul Cornwell back on the sideline. Listen, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I cannot wait to call one of your games next year, sir. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we got a lot of work to do between now and then, but I'm excited, and I'm ready to get started. Well, very good. Listen, Coach, I know it's crazy busy, and everybody's tugging at your uh, at your uh, your uh, coat sure. sleeves, but thank you so much for joining us this morning on the show. I appreciate you, sir. Uh, anytime, Brian. You know, you've always been good to me, and uh, we'll, we're always going to look out for each other. Well, you're the best, sir. Have a good weekend again. Man, I can't wait. Now we're not even done with basketball season. I haven't even started spring sports. Now you got me fired up for football season, Coach. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a good day. We'll talk to Thanks, you soon, Coach. sir. You too, guys. Take care now. We'll see you. Thank yeah. you so much. What do you think about that, Paul Whittington? I mean, again, uh, one of the legends in the game, and I'm not talking about just right here in eastern North Carolina, but, uh, I mean, all over the state of North Carolina, this made statewide news when he came back. What do you think about it, Paul Whittington? I think it's awesome. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, he had, a, uh, he had a longer retirement tour than Tom Brady did, but <laughs> uh, beyond that, I, I think it's cool. You know, he won, he won what six conference titles, going 132 and 65 over his time at Aiden Griffin, 20 straight playoff appearances. Uh, took the team to the state finals in 2023, 2013 rather, sorry, uh, and never had a losing season there. I mean, that's those are incredible stats that that aren't matched by by very many coaches out there. So it's uh, it's cool to see him coming back, and you know, there, there's a certain standard of of, of football over Aiden Grifton that unfortunately for a lot of different reasons just hasn't existed over there the last couple of years. So, uh, hopefully he can, he can step right back in and get the charges back on track. Absolutely. I remember a season that had to have been, I'm trying to think in the 2012 season, maybe, and I don't have it right here in front of me, but they started and six. Okay. Oh, and six and everybody, I mean, this is under Paul Cornwell and they're like, Oh my God, you know, he's made, you know, 12 straight playoffs in a row and all this. And, uh, they're not going to make playoffs. What did he do? They won what? Eight straight games, made it to the third round of the playoffs, swept the uh, conference that year. And, uh, you know, I think they ended up finishing eight and seven and you'd be all that. That's a mediocre record. Well, when you start zero and six and you win eight in a row, I mean, that's just, that's Paul Cornwell's, like you said, dude, didn't have a losing yep. record, uh, always made the playoffs 18 straight seasons of making the playoffs. It was just amazing. But, uh, anyway, just glad to have him back and thank you. I need to say this to you, Paul. I know I'm just messaged it to you, but thank you for being so flexible this morning. That's the only time we could get him. Uh, today or tomorrow was uh, at 7.30 on Monday, and I wanted to make sure that we were able to. So thank you for being flexible and letting us uh, talk to him right in the middle of your appearance, dude. No, of course. Anytime. Anytime. Well, that is awesome. I tell you, uh, I do want to uh, talk about the uh, – uh, about the hurricanes and all that, but I do want to put a wrap on the uh, uh, clash at the Coliseum again. Martin Truex wins that. Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, and I. Yes, I'm going to take a poke at myself here a little bit, dude. The top finishing Ford was Ryan Priest, and that was in seventh place. And then the next Ford was in twelfth uh, place with Kevin Harvick. Please tell me this isn't a harbinger of things to come, especially coming off uh, Logano winning the championship last year. Well, yeah, that's all right. So I was getting ready to say, of course, it's not uh, uh, a look into the crystal ball because this race <laughs> means nothing. And this is nothing like what we're going to see. But Joey Logano won this race last year and he goes on to win the championship. But 
no, I, I don't think this race is, is at all indicative of what's to come. Uh, what worries me a little bit, Brian, uh, first of all, let, let me get this out of the way. I thought Ryan Priest had a great run. I was, I was thinking that as we were wrapping up the, uh, uh, the conversation there with Paul Cornwell, but he, he, I did not expect Ryan Priest to, to land a ride there at Stewart Haas. I thought that there were a lot more drivers that would have been just naturally in front of Ryan Priest uh, to, to get an open seat. And then he surprises everybody by landing that seat when they sent Cole Custer back to the Infinity Series. And and he looked fast yesterday. Uh, you get him in the right equipment, I think he's got a chance at winning some races this year. Uh, I'll do tell you, my, my favorite tweet of the night uh, came from the NASCAR chasm account last night. Uh, they, they tweeted a picture of Gwen Stefani up there in the booth. And she didn't really say this. This is not a real conversation. But uh, it was Gwen Stefani. So did the cars that didn't make the clash make it back to North Carolina already? Clint Boyer responds, no, ain't no holler back, girl. <laughs> God. Ain't no holler, 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 I, holler, I, holler. I get it. I got <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some you, people uh... might not have. And that was great. I, I laughed so hard at that. Oh, my God. So uh, final thoughts. Now, I, I will, final, well, let's yeah. say – go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well I will say this. Uh, so – we're, we're going to go to Daytona here in a couple of weeks. Yep, yep. And after, after that, we're going to go to Fontana, which is just outside of, of the, of the LA area. Right. And for the record, 13 days remaining until we, <laughs> until we run the Daytona 500. But after, after we finish, basically about the time the checkered flag flies, they're going to start letting the bulldozers into the auto club speedway because they're going to turn that into a high bank half mile track as opposed to the, to the two mile layout. So we're not going to have that race in 2024. We're not, we're maybe 2025 still a little bit of a stretch. So we might not see that race in 2024 or 2025, definitely not going to have it in 2024. And there's already discussions around the industry of because we're not going to have a race in Southern California and that market being important to NASCAR making the, the clash at the Coliseum, a points race. Whoa. And that, that to me is where I draw the line. Okay. Absolutely not. This, uh, look, I understand that market's important to you and, and you want to be there. And if it's that important to you, go, go slap some safer barrier on the, uh, on the old Riverside raceway <laughs> and, and race there instead of, instead of trying to take a football field and make it into a points race, because I just don't think a format like this should be how we award championship points. I don't believe it. I think this is a great exhibition race. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't want to see points on the line. I would be completely opposed to that. Well, you and I talked about it with 24 cars on the track. It was almost half the track full of cars. You put 40 cars, or I guess it's 37 now, but you had 13 more cars there. Heck, you'll have somebody lap two laps into the race, dude. Yeah, they they would they wouldn't do it that way. Okay. Um, okay. I, I think I think if they did it, you would see a format very similar to what we saw last night, and then people that don't make the main show get the, uh, you know, the they somehow stack up the field. Excuse me. Maybe you have an A, a main A and a main B or something like that. Um, but they they would award points for for twenty eighth through fortieth or or whatever it is, and then just go on with the with the 27 in the main show um, and let them fight it out for points there. So there would be some sort of adjustment. They can't put 40 cars on that racetrack. It yeah. Just, it just simply wouldn't work. It really wouldn't. Like I said, by the time 27 were, was a stretch. Last it night was. Time. Yeah, you're right. It was 27, not 24, but that's what it, it was crazy. Even with 27, yeah. you had uh, cars lapped within three or well, five or six laps. It was crazy. Anyway. Okay. Uh, we, neither one of us picked, the winner, I, you went last week with uh, Kyle Busch, which, who did pretty well, and Logano and Chastain. And uh, I went with Logano, Reddick, and Elliott, and uh, neither one of us picked the winner. But that was just practice because it was an exhibition for us too. But don't forget, next week, we're going to start doing that every week going into the race. Uh, we've got to talk. Dude, we've got about five minutes left. We have to get in some uh, Hurricanes talk. Dude, all they do is win, 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 no matter what. And how about that game, that overtime win last Tuesday against Los Angeles, and then go to a tough Buffalo, beat them five to one. Dude, this Hurricanes team is special, isn't it? 
I gotta tell you, they they are. They're they're really they're really special. And uh, to see them struggle against uh, the Kings and, and come out with a win, and then go on the road the very next day to Buffalo and just win in dominating fashion, uh, just just really defines how, how good this team is. But so funny story, we were uh, we were sitting down low uh, last week for for the Kings game against the the Kings, and. You know, there was there was a game of a few a few nights before that where people left early. It was against San Jose, and they were actually called out by Rod Brindamore and Don Waddell in post game interviews for for doing so. And so we were sitting kind of kind of mid ice, lower level in that game against LA, and we needed to be. We were getting in the third period, late in the third period. And we needed to really be on the other side of the of the rink so we could make our, our quick getaway to to the car because it's a Tuesday night. Got to yeah. go to work the next Yeah, morning. yeah. And so we we quickly there's a if if you're in the center ice section there's a way to get up to the club level and go around uh, without going out on the concourse. And so that's what we did. We shot up to the club level and started speed walking around. And at this point, it was a four to four hockey game tied with about nine minutes or so left to go in the third period. And so we didn't want to miss anything. So we're trying to get around there as quick as we can. And we passed the suite and the door flies open and out walks Dom Waddell. What? And I was, I was with Brewster and, and he goes, <laughs> he real quickly, he real quickly goes, Oh, Hey mate. And reaches out and shakes his hand. He, and Dom looked us straight in the eye and he said, you better not be leaving. Cause he saw us kind of, kind of walking real fast. And, and I was, so I was like, man, you can't be going around telling the GM that we're just we're going places in a hurry, especially after he berates the fan base for leaving early uh, a few nights before. But but yeah, I had to had to politely explain to the Hurricanes GM that we were not leaving early, that we were just moving to a location because we had to dart out the moment the game ended. That is only you, Paul Whittington. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, only I, only I have to explain to a GM why we're not giving up on this. <laughs> How are you feeling your time right now, though? The last game that they played was at Buffalo on Wednesday. Again, a 5-1 to one win. What, they won one, two, three, four, seven in a row, nine of their last ten. And even the loss that they had was a shootout loss. So they got points in that game. But uh, how are you feeling your time? They don't play again until Saturday. Well, over the weekend, I had racing. Well, so yeah, yeah. That's that's done. That's done now. Um, there, there was no, there was no football to be had. All the, all the bull riding happens on the weekend. Watch a little bit of that too. Um, so I guess I have to spend time with my wife now. <laughs> that's, that's how we're, that's how we're filling the time. We're just, uh, there, there's some shows that we watch together that we, we've been so busy with the sports schedule over the last week. We haven't gotten to do a ton of, of watching our shows and she was gone all weekend. So I guess, uh, I guess that's what we'll be doing this week, getting caught up on some of those shows that, that we like to watch together. You know, I, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say that opening line again about spending time with your wife because here's how, <laughs> here's how it came across. Well, I guess I'll spend some time with my wife. So I want to give you a chance to uh, take two, put some energy in it this time. All right, here we go. Brave face. <laughs> well, I reckon I'll have to spend time with my wife. <laughs> Hey, I get to spend time with Sam. That's exciting. There you go. There you go. Uh, if I the last question for you about the Hurricanes yeah. as uh, we're wrapping up our first hour here, if I had told you uh, before the season started that Paul Whittington on February the 11th, uh, your Carolina Hurricanes would only have nine losses, what would you have said? What? It's what nine regulation losses. Nine right? regulation, yeah. They're thirty-four, nine, yeah. and eight. Yeah. But but if I had said, hey, they're only going to have nine losses, you'd you'd have had me drug tested, wouldn't you? I don't. I don't think I would have, Brian. Okay. Um, I, I I think we knew going into the season that you know we we had lost some significant pieces, but what we had picked up was just as significant. And I and I thought on paper. We actually got a little bit better. I, I think if we go back to the tape before the season, I actually say that. Like, yeah, we lost some big pieces, but we picked up some big pieces, and I think we're actually a better team. Now, where, where the caveat exists, it, it existed, if you had told me that we'd only have nine losses, but we're going to go through a seven-game stretch where we don't have Sebastian Ajo, and then we're going to go through a seven-game stretch where we don't have Jacob Slavin in the lineup, 
and we still only have nine losses. I don't. I, that's when I. That's when we're probably going down to the to the lab core and getting the uh, getting the old <laughs> I love it, man. Listen. Paul, you are the man again. I want to say it here on the air again. Thank you so much for letting us uh, break into the middle of your appearance, your weekly appearance here with uh, Coach Cornwell. I do appreciate you. And, uh, dude, uh, we're only two weeks away. We're less than two weeks away from uh, yep. the stadium series, dude. Yep. Got, got to get the Super Bowl out of the way. And then and then all of a sudden it's going to be time to, to talk outdoor hockey and the weather's starting to look a little bit good for that uh, around – 60 degrees kind of the latter half of that week so uh we're getting into that area where we'll be inside the 10-day forecast and have a better outlook and then uh and then the day after that it's green flag racing live from the world center of racing down there in daytona absolutely listen paul Whittington, you're the best dude i uh, can't wait to talk to you next week and uh, i think we're coming to your super bowl party too i don't know if your mom told you that or not but uh she did. And- yep Yep, very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling the uh, the ECU uh, women's game on Sunday. Then we're going to book from uh, Greenville to Garner. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, you have an ass, but I think the Chiefs are, are going to win. There you go. Well, yeah, uh, give me a score. Oh, man, you put me on the spot. Uh, three to nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. We'll go 34-30. I love it. Paul Whittington, thank you so much, dude. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up our first hour of the Brian Hanks Show. Coming up next, we're going to have from the Miss News pageant, Gabby Smith and uh, Diane Howard here on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.